We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. A good Monday evening to you. Welcome into the program. Have you for a full two hours this evening. We've actually got a lot of shows this week because the Cardinals are going to be out west. So they'll be getting started late. So we'll be doing sports open line and then we'll begin into Cardinals baseball tonight. The Cardinals are off before they open up a series against the Padres tomorrow. So we are taking you till 8 o'clock this evening. If you want to join us, you can do so. Multiple ways to get connected with the program. You can call or text 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air, if you want to get involved with what we've got going on tonight. This hour, Jeff Jones from the uh, Belleville News Democrat will join us. He covers the Cardinals. We'll talk all things Cardinals baseball with him. And uh, Daniel Esteve will join us this hour as well from Fox 2 and Channel 11. Uh, he was on the call of the uh, City 2 game that you heard last night here on KMOX. We'll talk a little soccer with him. Also talk uh, Cardinal baseball. And uh, that's all coming up uh, this hour. A couple more guys next hour as well and we'll tell you more about that uh, later on let's jump right in though Uh, Cardinals weekend I guess up and down they take three of five from Cincinnati Um, they're not scoring a lot of runs right now that's if you want to find the issue there it is they're not scoring a ton of runs here at the moment Uh, they lose yesterday three nothing that uh, second game of the doubleheader on Saturday, they go, what was it, 11 innings, and then they're able to score uh, the unearned run to uh, to win it on some uh, snazzy base running there. But really, if you go back a good two weeks or so, or you know, about since the time the, the calendar turned to September, the, the run scoring has been really inconsistent. And I think the number one question I get from people is whether or not we should be concerned. And first off, I don't know. When I don't know stuff, I'll tell you I don't know stuff. And nobody knows. That's that's the other thing here. Nobody really knows. There's going to be people out there that are yelling and screaming about how the Cardinals are in trouble from an offensive standpoint and you need to be worried. And maybe that's true, but maybe it's not. And we're really not going to know the answer to that until games start mattering again. Because these games, they really don't matter if we're being really – just bluntly honest about it. They're, what are they playing for at this point? They're playing to, they still need to clinch the division. I understand that it's not locked in yet, but this team, they're, they're going to win the division. They're, they are going to win the division. It would take a collapse of epic proportions for them to lose out on the division. Were they ever going to be able to catch either the Mets or the Braves for that two spot? It, not that it was impossible, but it was unlikely. And right now uh, they are, what, six games behind the Mets 
and the Mets have a one-game lead on the Braves. The Mets and Braves are kind of jockeying for that top spot in the NL East. And if the Cardinals can finish with a record better than either of those teams, whichever whichever one of those teams ends up winning the division, then they could potentially grab the two seed and not have to play in that wild card round. Not saying that it's impossible, but again, have always felt that it's relatively unlikely that they are going to uh, be able to do that. So maybe these games mean something. Maybe the lack of offense means something, or maybe it's just this team played their games that mattered in August. They went on that run in August, and what that run did was it built enough of a cushion in the division where essentially they won the division during that run. Now, is there a possibility that they go into the postseason, that they don't score many runs for the final two weeks of the year, they go into the postseason and they still have a hard time scoring runs and it's a really short postseason trip? Yeah, that's a possibility. That could happen. But is there also a possibility that they get through these couple weeks of games that don't really matter and then they start to ramp up for the postseason and the postseason opens up and they start scoring a bunch of runs again? Yeah, that's really possible as well. I've talked about this a little bit uh, when I've gone on uh, with the show on a couple of my hits lately. You, there's no correlation. There is zero correlation with how you end a season and how you start the postseason. There just isn't. So You can have a bad finish to the regular season and have a good postseason or a bad postseason. You can have a really good finish. And you, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's zero correlation. It's about a 50-50 shot historically. When you look back at the last 20 years or so of baseball, it's really a 50-50 shot on whether or not momentum out of the regular season carries into the postseason. Now, when bad things happen, when you as a team struggle to finish out a year and you go in the postseason and those struggles continue – it's really easy to kind of puff your chest out and say, see, I told you, I told you that these struggles were going to continue. But as often as that happens, the exact opposite happens where a flip is able to switch. So they still take three or five from the Reds over the weekend. Offensively, they are an inconsistent club right now. If you do want to be worried about something for the postseason, I guess it still is the fact that they they can go into these inconsistent stretches, and that is one side of it. They This isn't the first time this has happened this year. They're a really good offensive club really prior to the All-Star break. Uh, they had been a team that had underachieved from an offensive, from a run-scoring perspective. At, coming out of the All-Star break, it felt like they were starting to play up to who they should have been again, and now they've started to uh, fall back offensively. And... I wish I could tell you whether or not it really means something or it doesn't mean something, but I just can't and nobody can because it could simply be a case of they're playing games that kind of don't matter right now, or it could be a case of, okay, this is a team that's got some offensive issues and they got to figure it out. I'll tell you what, the, the regular season ends on October 5th. We're just a couple weeks out. The postseason will begin shortly thereafter, and then we're going to have a lot more answers to those questions at that point in time. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. On the way next, Jeff Jones covers the Cardinals for the Belleville News Democrat. He'll join us at Sports Open Line on KMOX. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We do continue on here on a Monday night. Cardinals off today. They'll open up a West Coast swing tomorrow that starts with a series against the San Diego Padres. Cardinals offense in a little bit of a lull. Albert Pujols still two home runs away from 700. A lot to get to. Let's uh, welcome in somebody who covers the team for the Belleville News Democrat. He is Jeff Jones. You can follow him on Twitter at JM Jones. Jeff, thanks so much for the time. How are you? Doing great, man. How are you? I am good. I'll ask you the question I get asked more than any other question right now. Is there any reason to be worried about the Cardinals from a run scoring standpoint? Um, I, I think that there's some reason to be worried only because when you looked at how successful they were in August, that was a team that had a lot of players clicking all at the same time, you know, outside of Goldschmidt and Arenado, you also had Corey Dickerson hitting about four thirty for the month of August. You had Lars Newtbar back with a vengeance coming out of the all-star break. And, you know, you saw production coming from basically all, all quadrants of the lineup. I think now instead what you're seeing is those four guys, really basically everybody except for Albert Pujols and to some extent Yadier Molina, uh, kind of going into a slump at the same time. Now, an optimist would say that, you know, baseball is cyclical. These things should should wear themselves out, and maybe by the time they hit the postseason, uh, it'll be kicked back into high gear. But, you know, I guess that's the thing that, that, that relies on proof of concept, and I think this week when you have a matchup uh, against, against two probably likely playoff teams plus the Brewers, uh, that should be a pretty good litmus test. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because I, my belief is that these games really don't mean that much for the Cardinals right now. They're in really good shape. They should win the division, barring an epic collapse, where now they're going to go play the Padres, and the Padres are in fight-scratch-claw mode to try to get into the postseason. So I'm really curious what these games are going to end up looking like. Yeah, I do think there's something to, you know, when you're playing Cincinnati and you're playing Pittsburgh, the, the, the risk that you could play down to the level of an opponent, I do think it's something that, that teams – 
struggle not to fall into even, you know, even if they say all the right things and even if they do all the right preparations. So maybe there's a little bit of, you know, rising tide lifting all boats happening this week. But definitely the Padres, if nothing else, are, are going to be a team that, as you said, is really trying to, you know, sew up a, a playoff spot. So the Cardinals are going to have to come in on their toes and, and do what they can to sort of kickstart the offense as quickly as possible. Do you think it's challenging for a manager and Ali Marmel's in his, his first year doing this? Is it challenging for a manager to kind of handle having a fairly large lead in the division in the final few weeks of a season? I think it can be. I think with this particular club, given sort of the breadth of veteran leadership uh, and, you know, the number of guys in that room who not only know what they've done and, and, and know how to handle it when you come down the stretch, but also the guys, a guy like Arenado, for example, who's never won a division and who is really hungry for that and he's been very clear about that. I do think that, you know, the makeup of the room helps a lot. And Ali, to his credit, has not once shown this season, I think, you know, to not be up for the moment or, or, or to even, you know, have – even slightly big eyes in, in, you know, in, in the face of a big moment of the season. So I think broadly it can be with this particular group. I'm not so sure that's as much of a concern. What's it like for you as you sit here? I mean, just the storylines, the narratives this year, the Wainwright uh, Molina, the pool. I mean, there's so many things going on and we're seeing history made on like a nightly basis and the crowds are, are incredible. It's just it feels like on a nightly basis, here we are watching history. You know, it's a little bit shocking when I sit down uh, and I, I do my pregame prep and the things that I'm sort of making notes of in my notepad, you know, to keep track of throughout the game. It, a little bit of it has changed now that, that Wainwright and Molina have gotten to their record battery start, but making a note of how many home runs Albert has just in a notepad so I have it immediately at the front of my mind, making a note of what number started is of, of, of these records that might be coming up and just sort of taking in all of the environment while at the same time, you know, trying to cover the team and trying to keep the season uh, in, in its proper perspective. It definitely has been, this is, this is my fifth full season on the beat. It, it, it's been unlike any other for sure. Uh, and I don't know that you could ever really duplicate this. I don't know how many teams would have at least two Hall of Flame players guaranteed to be retiring at the end of the, you know, at, at the end of a season uh, with a third whose, whose future is uncertain and to have all that happening at once in the midst of a pennant race is overwhelming. Maybe it's too strong, but it's maybe not that far off. Jeff Jones covers the Cardinals for the Belleville News Democrat, continuing to join us here on Sports Open Line. I think it's really interesting that they're playing the Padres because the Padres make the big splash and in, at the trade deadline, and they've been a big splash team over the last few years, whether it's the money they've spent in the offseason, whether it's kind of going against the industry trend and uh, not playing around with service time and just letting players be up from the beginning, and it kind of it hasn't worked out for them. And then you have the Cardinals who go make – uh, the the more conservative move moves they tr- moves they try to uh, fill up the spots where they need the most improvement and the Cardinals are getting more out of it. I, I just I, to me it's kind of fun to look at the way these two teams have done business and what you've seen the results of it with the Cardinals and what you've seen uh, the results of it from the Padres. There is definitely something to be said for organizational culture uh, and the way that the support systems around these structures help teams out. I mean, I think, frankly, that's the reason why the Padres went out and hired Bob Melvin this winter. That's somebody who obviously is a proven winner in baseball and and one of the more respected managers in the game. I think, you know, we saw the Padres kind of melt down in real time in St. Louis here last fall when you had Tatis and Manny Machado kind of getting after each other on the dugout. And then you had the next day where Tatis just 
gifts to pop up in center field, and then the Padres were pretty well off the map from there. So, you know, whether whether Melvin can sort of straighten them out down the stretch, I guess we'll see. Uh, it doesn't help, but the Padres, as you mentioned, made the Giants flash and everything to the deadline, and then Juan Soto went through a stretch like he's never gone through in the entirety of his career uh, over the last two weeks has, has been just completely ineffective and given them basically nothing. Now, did they trade much off of their roster for this season? No, they didn't. I, that, that was a large part of that deal was giving up, you know, mostly futures for Soto. But when you make that kind of move, that kind of enormous splash, which the Padres have not been shy about making, uh, and then there's a stretch where it looks really rough, that can make for some tough comparisons, especially if the teams you're chasing are succeeding after having, you know, pointedly chosen not to do that. It's interesting. You go back though. I mean, they they gave a lot of money to Eric Hosmer. He's not there anymore. They gave a lot of money to Fernando Tatis. We know what's going on with him. Uh, they make the move for Soto. They give up a lot of prospect capital to get him. He hasn't produced. It's it, there's obviously some moves that have worked for him. It's not like nothing has worked, but there's some high profile moves in there that uh, whether it's short term results like Soto or long term results uh, haven't quite worked out. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for having the right mixture, right? As, as much as we sort of drill down baseball to the measurables and, and we drill down baseball maybe to its essential components, there are some things that are really hard to quantify. And that, I think, is what makes the game appealing to so many people is that, you know, it, as much as we should be able to anticipate what the most likely outcome is in a given situation, you know, you, you, you ran a neutral baseball season a thousand times, here's the outcome you're going to get, and that makes X decision the right decision over Y. All those things can be true, but at the same time, you don't run the season a thousand times. You run it once, and if the mix isn't right, if the vibe isn't right, if there's just something a little bit off, it can really put some dust in the gears, and and you can have a team that looks on paper like it should be a real World Series contender, and they're the Padres, where they're really fighting to get in the playoffs down the stretch. Yeah, it's uh, baseball's... The depth is sometimes just as important as high-end talent in baseball, and then everything else that goes along with it, and being in the same room with people for 162 days, it's uh, there's a lot going on there. Jeff, I really appreciate you taking some time. Encourage people to uh, read you in the Belleville News Democrat. Uh, follow you on Twitter at JM Jones, and we'll see you at the ballpark when uh, the team returns. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. All right, very good. Jeff Jones joining us here on Sports Open Line. We've got another guest coming up in uh, just a moment. You heard him here on the KMOX uh, Airwaves just last night. He was part of the broadcast for uh, St. Louis City SC2 uh, with uh, as they are headed to the uh, postseason. He's also part of the sports team over at uh, Fox 2 and uh, Channel 11. He is Daniel Esteve. He will join us in just a moment. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Monday night. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join us, 314-436-7900. Tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. No Cardinals baseball tonight, so we have a full two-hour program. The next two nights we'll be with you for a, a while as coverage won't start till late with the Cardinals out on the West Coast. First three-game series against the Padres, and then they'll match up against the Dodgers after that. You heard this guy on KMOX last night. He was part of the broadcast for the uh, City S2 matchup as they now get set for the postseason. You also see him on Fox 2 and uh, Channel Channel 11. He is uh, Daniel Esteve, and he joins us uh, right now. Daniel, thanks so much for uh, the time. How are you? Hey, Matt. I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much. Love the show. Really excited to be on. I'm really looking forward to talk some St. Louis sports. You know, it's a pretty exciting time these days. Yeah, let's start with uh, what happened last night as uh, City, S, uh, SC, uh, City SC2, they 
they put themselves in position to be in the postseason and also uh, host here the rest of the way, but they also at the same time did not exactly make it easy on themselves. It really was one of those things that you wouldn't expect. And, and my companion and I, my, my partner and I, Nate Gatter, on the call talked about this in the pregame. We really talked about the simplest way to make what City 2 wanted to happen, happen. That was win the game and have Tacoma lose. We kept it at that in an effort to not confuse the viewer or the listener, rather. And sure enough, the most wild scenario just so happened to happen, but it happened in City 2's favor, which was the most important thing. What was the uh, crowd like? Because originally it was supposed to be at Centene Stadium, and then they've got some electrical issues there. Uh, so they had to have it at SIU Edwardsville. They're going to have the playoff game uh, coming up on Sunday uh, there as well. But I know uh, it was free, uh, free admission, and there was a lot of excitement about what was going to be going on last night. And that was totally true. The fans were absolutely packed. So they only had the east-facing stands. They were completely packed. But on the opposite end of the field, facing west, there's a hill. And those were completely packed with people watching on as well. So much so that even after the news that people understood they were going to clinch the West, they went into penalties and you had fans walking down the stands to get closer to the action, to watch on. And it just goes to show how popular this team could potentially be come next season. I think one of the most striking stats we talked about is a team like Austin, a new team to the MLS, sold 30,000 deposits in 24 hours. City 2, or St. Louis City SC, rather, did that in 15 minutes. So if you had any worries about St. Louis backing their newest soccer team, I think that shows just how excited people are, and that was certainly the case last night. Yeah, I want to take a step back because maybe people listening don't completely understand. So uh, St. Louis City is going to be the the MLS team that begins next year. City 2 is its developmental team, and the developmental team is already playing. So the the organization already has something going on, even though the actual MLS team is not going to be playing. And what's it been like just being around those folks? Because it's – it's like the team has started without the team starting, if that makes sense. It's almost uh, it's difficult, I'm sure, for a lot of the personnel over at St. Louis City SC because this project has been going on for so long. They're so eager for the MLS season to start, but it's a huge advantage, and that's been the sentiment we've heard from personnel, from players, that they're getting time, and not a lot of these MLS expansion teams get time. So it all really started bringing in their sporting director in Lutz way back in 2020 during COVID. Imagine adjusting from Europe coming into the U.S. during COVID. It was definitely a time that he could focus solely on work, and they really started to develop this team. And despite all that time, they didn't expect to be at this point with their development team. They have one of the youngest teams in MLS Next Pro. So to be at this point in the playoffs leading the West didn't come as an expectation. It's certainly a surprise, but they're taking it and running with it. But I think the biggest advantage, more so than anything else that we've heard from both players, coaches, and staff, is the fact that those key European players that many of the St. Louis City SC fans will see in MLS next season, were able to come in so early. It's not like they brought these guys from Europe or South America in January, prepped them for two months, and got them playing. No, they have time to come and acclimate, play a little bit with City 2, but not necessarily take over the team, adjust to maybe the food, the climate, and so on and so forth. So in terms of expectations for next season, those can be so much higher now that St. Louis City SC as a whole, from U15 all the way up, is well-prepared come MLS season, which isn't something you say about a lot of these new teams in the MLS.
Daniel Esteve from Fox 2 and uh, Channel 11 uh, continuing to join us. Let's switch gears, get your thoughts on uh, the Cardinals. They've struggled a little bit from a run-scoring standpoint recently. They're still winning enough games. They took three out of five from Cincinnati over the weekend. You're a storyteller. How much have you enjoyed all the different storylines that's gone along with this season? It's almost overwhelming, but I think you can really just sit back and laugh at the end of the day because we, we were following the Yachty Wayno really saga for the entire season, the farewell tour, or so it said, for both Yachty and Wayno, that remains to be seen on one of those ends. But we won't go too much into detail there. And then you have Albert come through and do what he's done, which has been just remarkable. And now you get into this side story of, hey, the team's pretty good too. They're well in the lead in terms of the NL Central. Milwaukee's in the rearview mirror for the most part. And now they're looking to contend for an NLDS if they can get there and avoid a wild card. So there's so many storylines and then adding on the fact that this team is just competing at a high level, which some subset of fans may not have fully believed in. It's uh, it's remarkable. And it really gives us uh, a storyline to talk about every single day and doesn't sound redundant because you've got so many to discuss. All right, so we're both like relatively new in our positions. You've been yours a little bit longer than mine, but I grew up in St. Louis. You didn't. Um, so we're we're experiencing some stuff kind of together. I can I can remember growing up and when the Cardinals are playing well and when the Cardinals are playing really important games, it's the most important thing going on in the city and from a TV standpoint, it doesn't matter if it's a newscast or a sports cast, Cardinals are, are leading the way. Has that been fun for you coming into a sports casting position, but also knowing that what you're doing might show up in, in an early block of, uh, of the news because the Cardinals take over everything. Well, that's certainly been the case across the board. And to your point, I haven't been here very long, but I did go to the University of Missouri. And if I'm being completely honest, a lot of the Kansas City people were much louder than the St. Louis people. So you didn't hear a lot of great things about St. Louis. You're hearing all these great things about Kansas City. But I always heard this subset of St. Louis kids talk about how passionate the sports fan base in particular was in St. Louis. And after moving here, I couldn't be more confident in saying that that's the case. And it's been unbelievable. And I think you certainly have the diehard fans, but you can get those everywhere. It's the casual fan in St. Louis that is so prominent. The person that went to games when they were a kid because their parents loved to go not necessarily playing a ton of sports, but if the Cardinals are doing well, the city's vibing, they're going to absolutely buy in and go to as many games as possible. That's so unique to the city of St. Louis. So to your point, being in the A block of the news, a lot of those people aren't your diehard sports fans. They wait to watch our kits, whether it be with Martin Kilcorn or Kevin Ryans later in the show, but they care. The people who are watching the news also care about the Cardinals because of how passionate these fan bases are in this city in particular, which I think, St. Louis City SC is super excited about. The Blues have enjoyed for such a long time. And obviously the Cardinals are uh, one of the top, top blocks when it comes to news, regardless of how they're playing, even when they're not playing well because of how much people care about these teams. And, and that's so unique to St. Louis. I certainly haven't seen that anywhere else. You're right, though, about uh, people from Kansas. Because I went to school at Kansas State, so it was you know a lot of Kansas City kids. And they were very quick. And I love the city of Kansas City, don't get me wrong, but they were very quickly to uh, – yell and scream uh, about Kansas City <laughs> compared to St. Louis. It's important to caveat. We're not, we're not throwing shade Kansas City's way. It's great. I just think St. Louis is so unique and it's right in so many different ways, not just sports, but uh, 
But I wish I would have heard more about St. Louis before moving over here. But uh, I'm sure I'm glad I'm here now. All right. So to all the uh, moms and dads of kids who are headed to uh, Mizzou, tell your kids to speak up lo- louder about St. Louis. That's uh, that's a public annoying. service announcement yep. that needs to be said when you're headed toward Columbia. <laughs> all right, Daniel. Great stuff. Really appreciate the time. We'll get you on again uh, in the future. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Have a great rest of your night. All right, you too. There's uh, Daniel Esteve. He is uh, part of the uh, sports team at uh, Fox 2 and uh, Channel 11. And you heard him last night, part of the broadcast for uh, City SC 2, which was uh, really cool as uh, they are now headed to the playoffs. This is Sports Open Line. When we come back, we'll shift right back into um, I really want to compare the moves. And we got into this a little bit with Jeff Jones, but I want to dive in a little bit more. The moves that the Cardinals made compared to the moves that the Padres made. Because the day the trade deadline wrapped up, all the big national talking heads, all they wanted to talk about was Juan Soto. We can make the argument that what the Cardinals did was had the most impactful trade deadline of any team in Major League Baseball. And when we compare the way the two teams do business, I think it's a really interesting thing and should be talked about more. So that's what we'll do. We'll talk about it. We'll do that next. It's Sports Open Line on KMOX. The Cardinals and the Padres are going to open up a series against each other tomorrow, and I think it's really interesting. I also think it's notable and important to compare the two organizations and compare the type of moves the organizations make. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I think every team in baseball can probably spend a little bit more money than they spend, but that doesn't mean they have to to win, and it doesn't mean that they're not spending a respectable amount of money. When we were doing it on this show, when the trade deadline was coming up, fans wanted Juan Soto. And maybe this is a funny thing to be talking about right now when, from a run-scoring standpoint, the Cardinals are struggling, but the Cardinals are a good offensive club. They are a good run-scoring club, and they are going to be fine, I think, when all is said and done. The Cardinals needed starting pitching. That was where the issue was. It was coming up on a point where they didn't know who their starting pitchers were going to be in some games coming up. Maybe they were going to have to go to some bullpen games. It was it was impa- it was impacting the bullpen when you look at the role that Andre Pallante had. The Cardinals needed starting pitching, and they went out and they got a couple guys who have been really effective for them in Jordan Montgomery and and, and Jose Quintana. That's what they needed, and they made those moves. Would have it been great? To add a Juan Soto right to the middle of this lineup, yeah, it would have been fantastic. But at what cost? So that takes us to what the Padres have done. Because in baseball, just because you spend the most money doesn't mean you're going to win. That's actually one of the things I really respect about the Los Angeles Dodgers. They spend gobs and gobs of money. But you know what? They also invest in their baseball operation. They have a really good developmental system. They draft well. They do everything well. That's what makes them such a great organization, the way they run things. A lot of teams out there that go spend tons of money, they, they basically say, okay, we're going to go buy wins. We're not going to worry that much about developing our team, about developing the depth of our roster. We're going to go spend a bunch of money, and we're going to bring in superstars, and we're going to win that way. And, you know, it doesn't work. It do- Look at the Angels. Look, the money that Pulos got 10-plus years ago, the money that Trout's getting, they can't get to the playoffs. Why? Because they don't have roster depth. That's why. They go spend all this money, but then 
they don't invest resources in other areas of the operation. And in many ways, we can say that about the Padres. The Padres finally got to a point where they had really built up the minor league system. And what do they do? They go trade away a lot of their top prospects to get Juan Soto. And so far, Soto hasn't really done much of anything for him. Now, if they make it to the postseason and they go on a postseason run and he's right in the middle of it and driving in a lot of runs, then maybe it's a different conversation to be had. But part of what great organizations do is they spend money appropriately. They bring in players as free agents. They take on salary in trades, but they also create a system where they realize not only is it the 26-man roster and making sure that you can get production from the 26-man roster, but it's it's creating depth inside of the 40-man roster. So when you need to bring players up, it's bringing in the minor league free agents who you're going to assign to AAA who are not on the 40-man roster, who at some point in time are going to have to be activated to the 40-man roster. So when we talk about roster depth, it goes beyond 26, and it goes beyond 40. It goes way, way into that, and the Cardinals and other good organizations are very good at doing that, and that's why we're seeing this team win right now. So let me ask you this then, Matt. Why don't Ethan we... Annerford, by the way, our producer, <laughs> speaking. Why don't, we, why don't we see more teams follow along with this kind of idea? We see the Cardinals very extreme on the development side, not necessarily known for spending money, and then we see teams like the Dodgers that do both very well. There, there is a lack of effort, I feel, in baseball as a whole and being able to put together a well-balanced a duo of these two things. Because it's hard. It's You know, with all due respect to the billionaires out there, it's easy for them to spend money. It's easy for them. It's easy for the Padres owner to go give tons of money to Fernando Tatis. It's easy for him to say, you know what? Let's go ahead and just give up all these prospects because we're going to go get Juan Soto and we're going to make a legitimate run at extending this guy and keeping him in San Diego. That's easy. When you're a billionaire, it's easy to spend money. It takes years and years and years to develop players, and you also invest a ton of resources into guys that never make it to the big leagues. The vast majority of minor league players never make it. So you got to go invest all this time, all this money into all these players when only a small percentage of them are ever going to make it to the big leagues. But that's how you create depth on a roster, and that's how you actually win. That's how you do it. And it's hard. The reason it's not done is because it's hard. So People complain all the time about teams not spending enough money, and I understand that argument. I really do. Like, if you're a fan and you feel like your owner can spend more money and they're not, I understand it. But I would sit here and tell you that the other side of it, the actual hard work, is truly developing and cultivating players that can come up and make an impact on your team, and then you pick and choose the spots on where you're going to uh, spend your money. And the Cardinals are pretty good at that. There's some other teams that are pretty good at it. Uh, I just, you know, the, the Yankees are actually a team that are trying to get that way. I give them credit. They spent a ton of money, but they are trying to improve upon what they're doing from a developmental standpoint. All right, hour number one of Sports Open Line in the books coming up in hour number two. Uh, we're going to replay Tom Ackerman's most recent conversation with Albert Pujols. Uh, we've got Sammy Levitt from the uh, Padres Radio Network uh, joining us. Also, we've got a special interview uh, that uh, Joe Pot did. We'll explain that all coming up in uh, just 
just a bit. But we are done with our number one. It's Sports Open Line back after this on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.